topic we wanted to talk about tonight, Be'ezer Hashem, is uh, how to prepare the Seder. How to prepare the Seder for the role that you're going to play, Be'ezer Hashem, in fulfilling the mitzvah, the rice that we have of Yigadot HaLebincha, in using the opportunity for the Seder in order to achieve more than just going through the words of the Agadah and more than just doing the Mitzvah Salayla, which is obviously a Chiyuv Midaraisa as well. But that's not the specific responsibility of the father of the one who's leading the Agadah. That's more the responsibility of every Jew on Seder. As you said on Shabbos, that uh, even though it seems from Chazal that children used to come to Lala Seder not knowing anything, and uh, anything different to the norm was a reason for a question, and uh, therefore it gave the father the opening, so to speak, to introduce the Haggadah because there were all things his children weren't used to or hadn't seen. But Lamaisa today, as we know, that uh, the children are all well prepared for the say that they all come with their own Haggadahs or the things they learned in school or even in Gan. And sometimes, and this is the problem we mentioned already, the children are better prepared than the parents. Now with all the other preparations which go into making Pesach, sometimes the parents open the Haggadah for the first time to make Yiddish on the Rasayda. And uh, that's a pity because the part of the preparation for the Rasayda should be the preparation for what you want to use the Rasayda to accomplish. The preparation for what we want uh, to achieve in the, for our children specifically when it comes to when it comes to Pesach. So let, let's talk about from Chazal where we learn what the letter Seder was meant to convey, and then we can talk about practical ideas how to make sure that we have the we use the opportunity well to, in order to maximize its benefits. So let's start with the uh, points, maybe more of the lambdas of the sugya, and then we'll bring it to the maise. There's a very famous briskarov. The briskarov asks, what's the difference between the mitzvah of schiras yitzias mitzrayim, of remembering yitzias mitzrayim, which is the mitzvah every night? In Shema, when we mention yitzias mitzrayim, we become the mitzvah of schiras yitzias mitzrayim, and the mitzvah of sipur yitzias mitzrayim of telling the story of Sias Mitzrayim, which is a mitzvah dafka Noah Pesach. Now, the MS is, the question is a loaded question. Because if you're looking at it from the, again, Lamdus or the Halacha of the Sogya, that, that, that starting point, and that is this, a difference between the two mitzvahs, is really already a discussion between the Rishonim. And the reason for that is there's a question which the Rishonim ask, a number of Rishonim ask, the Meiri and the Abraham and the Kolbo and many others, and then the Mordechai, and that is, why don't we make a mitzvah on the mitzvah of Sipri Sias Mitzrayim? Why do you make a bracha? I'm sorry, a bracha on the mitzvah of Sipri Sias Mitzrayim. It's a mitzvah deraisa, and all the other mitzvahs deraisa are chiras matzah and chiras mara. You make a bracha, shakir l'shana b'mitzvahs of tzivano. So why don't we have a similar bracha on the mitzvah of Sipri Sias Mitzrayim? And there are a number of answers in the Rishonim. One of the answers in the Rishonim is because you've already said Krishna. 
We already David married. And if that's the case, we already mentioned Mitzrayim. So that would seem to in- indicate that they understood that the mitzvah of Sipusias Mitzrayim, one can be yaitze to some extent by re- remembering what happened in Mitzrayim, even if the memory is only by saying, Ani Hashem Rekecha, Okay, but the briskarov note not like that, as it seems from the Rambam and the Chinuch as well. It's two separate mitzvahs, and he asks, what's the difference? What's the difference between the mitzvah of remembering Mitzrayim and the mitzvah of Sipuritius Mitzrayim, of relating to Sipuritius Mitzrayim? So the briskarov looked at it first from the halachic aspect, and he went through the sugyas of Sachim, and he said, we find three differences between the mitzvah of Sippur and the mitzvah of, of, of remembering. And those are the three Mishnais in Arvei which talk about how a person has to be making the mitzvah of Sippur. Number one, it has to be like the shine of a chiva. We have to ask questions and answer the questions. And that's why Manishtana isn't just uh, the curious child who's asking what's going on. The Mishnah says that if the child's not there, then the person must ask himself. And therefore, the fact that the question, the, the Haggadah has to be relayed through question and answer is something we don't find in the midst of remembering Mitzrayim. It's part of the midst of, of Sipitzis Mitzrayim. Secondly, the point that it has to be Machel Begnus for Messiah B'Shavach, the second Mishnah, and that is we can't start the story just from remembering that Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim. We really have to backtrack and start the story from a much earlier point. And that is the Gnus, the fact that either that we were enslaved or even before that, the fact that we, that our ancestry began from Ovidavidazar. And that's the second point of the Sippur as opposed to just remembering the Shrein. Why is that a memory? The mission says a person has to master the Gnus the Oh, we got there. So, and the third point that the Briskara points out, and that is that the difference between the mitzvah of Haggadah and the mitzvah of of remembering Mitzrayim is the fact that a person has to mention Pesach Matzomar. Because, like we know, the Pagoda says, and those like Rashi Hudan, it means the Chayva of the Sippur, and therefore the, the story has to include mention of the Pesach, the common Pesach, eating Matzah and eating Mar. Again, when we were carrying Mitzchiris Mitzrayim every night by saying Shema, we don't mention questions and answers. We don't start from the Gnus, and we don't mention Pesach Matzamara. We remember Mitzrayim, and that's enough. When it comes to Sippur, we have many other elements which are part of the Sippur. Now, that's where the Briskarov's, so to speak, explanation ends, and that's really the starting point for an explanation. Because it's true that that's the technical requirements of the Mitzvah of Haggadah. The technical requirements of what the Mishnahis say a person has to do incorporate in the Sippur, in the story, but the question is, is why is it like that? And that brings us to the point I wanted to talk about tonight. And that is, <coughs> there are a number of different Mephosh and Nachronim who use, explain it in different, slightly different ways, but the principle is always the same. And that is, if the point of what we're doing was only to remember that we came out of Mitzrayim, then the mitzvah of Sechira would be enough. Just to remember we came out of Mitzrayim. But if we're trying to achieve more than just reminding ourselves of the fact we came out of Mitzrayim, so therefore all the rules of Sippur, and we can add another one as well, another two maybe, the next mission in, in Psachim, which is Bechol Dar Vadar, Ayav Adam, Niras Azazim, Akilu, Hu, Atzim, Yatzim, Mitzrayim. So all the mitzvahs of Sippur are coming 
to bring us to a different point. They come to bring us to a different point, and not just to remember Mitzrayim, but rather to, let's say, utilize Mitzrayim as, an, as a starting point in order to inspire us in some way. There are a number of different options. There are a number of different approaches. But the idea is meant to be, and this we find, we're going back to Shalim again, and that is that the idea of Lela Seda was an opportunity not just to remember the story. And like I said today, we don't really need to teach the story so much because the children know the story already. They've, also, they've heard for weeks already about uh, the template, the Makos, and they've, they know the songs, and they know about the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, and about Chris Yamsuf. It's not just to tell them facts about my that. Using that aside as an opportunity in order to develop the Sipur aspect. The Sipur aspect, not just the Zechira aspect, not just the memory, but the Sipur. And uh, what do I mean by that? So let's first give an example from the Nach itself, which we've mentioned before here, and uh, we'll try and develop it from that. And there's a very interesting Rashi on the Pasuk in Shaitim about Gedon. We spoke about the second part of this Rashi last week, but I'm not talking about the first part. Gedon says to the Malach, the Malach, this is the day after Pesach, and the Gedon says to the Malach, he says, Amish, Ikrani Abu Esahala. And he said, B'tais Yisrael B'mitzrayim. Yesterday, last night, my father read me, Ikrani, he got me to read the Halal of B'tais Yisrael B'mitzrayim. Now, that's a very interesting idea, because uh, we wouldn't have thought necessarily of the Halal as being part of what his father had to read to him. The Halal is an expression maybe of of a mitzvah of thanking Hashem or gratitude after the, after we've gone through the story. But it's clear from the way that the Chazal said it, that no, that was part of what his father taught him. Part of the the Lela Seder was that he cranius the Halal. He read me the Halal. That was the culmination of Lela Seder. And going back to the Rishonim we mentioned before, it's another interesting thing we see in Lela Seder, and that is that Magid ends in the middle of Halal. Normally, we would start Halal from the beginning of Halal and read Halal all together. And there's even Halal that a person is not allowed to be mafsik in Halal because it's a hafsik in the middle of a unit of Tvila called Halal. When it comes to the Seder, we, we have the first two paragraphs of the Halal and then we, in the middle of Magid, at the end of Magid, and then we start Magid. And we only continue the Halal later on. Yeah, but everyone agrees I start Halal in Magid. He said, he said the taste is for us, and that was part of what they read. Right. Like so it would be like my setup. But that's a, it's a midrash. So uh, the midrash will be going with the Shiva's best setup. And uh, the reason for that is because, and this is the point, that reading the Maggid is meant to get to a halal. That if we've gone through Maggid properly, then that's where it's meant to end. And therefore, even if it means that as a result we're going to break halal into two, and even more than that, as a result of that, according to many Rishonim, is the reason why we don't make the bracha on Halal on the Rasayda, is because of the hefsek in the middle of the Halal. But it was worth not making a bracha on Halal, because the first part of Halal, which is talking about Mitzrayim, has to be the follower and has to be the end point of the Magid. Now, that's the, have just, what it says so far is no explanation, it's just following the sequence of the Mishnahis and the sequence of the, the Haggadah itself. 
Hikrani Abbas Ahalel is the end of Magid. Which means, our job in going through Magid is to bring to that. The job in going through Magid is to bring to the stage where we're going to say Ahalel. That's natural, it's a necessary conclusion of what we've done. And if that's the case, the the concept, let's go back now, maybe try and give a beer for what the Briskarov said before, it's really the Mishnais, and that is the concept of Sipur. Uh, what I'm saying now, I got just Gudinsky. That concept of Sipur, of telling a story, as opposed to remembering an incident, is if a person tells a story, it brings people into either they experiencing the story. <coughs> the person is good at explaining a story, so then the people who are listening to him, they become part of the story. They're, they're taken in with the characters, they're listening to what's going on, they, they connect to what's being said. And if the point is to bring to the stage of that a person is meant to put himself into the situation of Mitzrayim, so then the way to do that is by building a story as opposed to just relating the fact. In other words, to say, yes, we came out of Mitzrayim is something we're remembering, but it doesn't make us feel a part of Mitzrayim. But the more we're going to elaborate and the more we're going to explain what it was like to be in Mitzrayim and to discuss the details of what it meant to go out of Mitzrayim, the more it becomes something which a person can relate to or connect to. And if that's true for even for an adult, then it's 100% more true for a child. As we know, children naturally have more of a connection to uh, the side of their mind which works with the imagination. And therefore, a story is much more enthralling. It's something which is much more encompassing. And therefore, the mitzvah of, uh, it says, Sipur, it's Yes Mitzrayim, or Haggadah. Both of them mean the same thing. It means telling the story. And the story needs details. And the story needs details. And therefore, if it's going to be, we're going to start from the beginning, we're going to be and you're going through, going through all the details of the story. The details of the Mara, and the details of the Matzah, and the details of the Pesach. Everything. Both uh, what it was like to be a slave in Mitzrayim, and what it was like to come out of Mitzrayim, and Hashem saved us from Mitzrayim. That's all the details which make the Sipur into a Sipur. And if you look carefully, you see it's an amazing thing how the Baal God does this. Because he takes four Psukim of the Torah that he works with. The four Psukim is a very brief recount, like recap, recapitulation of the story of Mitzrayim. What we said when we came to bring the Bikurim. And on each Pasuk, he breaks it down word by word and explains it. And what's the Balakara trying to do? Why, why did he take like a short reference and then explain like, details in each point? And this is the idea. The idea is we're going, not just going to go through the, the bare bones of what happened, we're going to elaborate. And we're going to elaborate on each word. What does it mean by Yerei Uisano? What does it mean by Yanunu? What does it mean by Yitmanana Vaidokasha? And each one explains what does it mean. And we're going to discuss it. That's how one makes the fact what happened into a sipur, into a story. And that's the best way that the Chalkas Chaim writes also in Sagada. That's the best way for a person to start to feel what it was like to go to Mitzrayim. is because when it becomes something relatable, and even if a person has never seen Mitzrayim, obviously we can't imagine what the world looked like that so many thousands of years ago. If we don't live in that time period, we can't see, you know, visualize exactly what the situation was, but we can relate to it. Are you going to it? Now I'll tell you a story. But what does it mean? We aren't going out of Mitzrayim. Well, what does it mean? No, 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 no,
Yeah, a few weeks ago. To show you that you have to be, to the sipur means you take each thing and you elaborate and you say what it's talking about and you make it into, into something which is relevant. Yeah. To say that Vayitman and Avoid Akash is one thing. To say that they made all, we have to build cities and they had taskmasters and they used to beat us up and they used to hit us and they used to force us to work is adding much more detail to what's going on. Now, I'll give you uh, where I saw this Bukhush a few years ago, but a repeat of this time. And that is a, a number of years ago, it was the first time that uh, the Jerusalem Quiddle decided that part of the curriculum was going to be a trip to Europe, which I joined at the time. And in every place you go to in Europe, unfortunately, uh, it's a continent soaked with Jewish blood. It's a constant, wherever you're going to go, there was a scene of a tragedy. And so you go to one place, and so in this place, 100,000 Jews got killed. And you go somewhere else, in this place, 250,000 Jews got killed. And this is one place after the next, and you see enormous numbers. And uh, one stage I was asked to speak, and I said, listen, to the guys who are leading this tour, I said, Rebosa, I think you're going the wrong direction. You know, by talking about such big numbers, it's just too big to comprehend. We don't want to a certain place. I said, well, it was, it was in Treblinka. And based on their estimates, 900,000 Jews got killed in Treblinka. So, wow, it's like... Uh, but it's so mind-boggling that you don't begin to understand what that means. Have you ever seen 900,000 people? Uh, this is the numbers. Try, try and think about how many people you know. And you'd be hard-pressed to get to more than 1,000 or 2,000. So I'd, talking about numbers of 900,000 people is just way, way above a person's ability to integrate. You can talk about numbers. You can talk about 6 million. It doesn't affect you because it's, just, it's too big to deal with. So I said to them, I said, take the story of one Jew. Tell the story of what happened to them. Their life beforehand, and what happened when the Germans invaded, and what they went through, and never what happened to them in the end. And I told them, I guarantee you, it'll have much more of an effect on people. They're talking about the enormous numbers. So they did that. They took one or two diaries. A person, this is where they lived. This is what they were like. And this is what they say. What they had, they're describing the situation. And they're talking about what it's like to get beaten in the street. I was talking about like they're too scared to go outside because on one end they were hungry and they had no food. But going into the streets, you met German soldiers because of nefesh. And weighing it up, children are crying. On the other hand, I'm going to take the risk, I'm not going to take the risk, and what's going to be? And the deportations. And you go through one person's life, not, not 50,000, not 100,000, not 900,000, one person. And you go through that person and you start to relate to the story of it as they're telling it to you because it's something which comes alive. Yes, you weren't there, and yes, Baruch Hashem, we never saw it, and we never had it firsthand. But when someone who's telling you the story of what they went through, it's something which you can relate to, and you start to feel for the person. And when you go to whatever place it was, and you see whatever, whatever happened, so then it, it, it hits the person much more. Because this is something which a person can relate to. It's a person a person can relate to. And that, that's the matter of facts, <coughs> as opposed to, I mean, the matter of a story as opposed to the facts. Facts are very big, but facts are nameless. Facts are nameless. And therefore, facts don't, inf- don't impress, don't have an impact on a person. Whereas, a real person with a real story, and you can relate to that, makes much more of an impact. That's the matter of Zippo. That's the matter of Zippo. And the same thing in Mitzrayim. And the same thing in Mitzrayim. You're going to talk about how many didn't died in Mitzrayim. You can work out the mathematics if you want. 
I mean, we have all the facts in the Torah about how many people came out and how many there were bechorim and how much each family must have been and how many people got killed. And the Chazal had a lot more information as well. But then again, it, it doesn't really speak to us. It was too long ago, and it was too. It's just big numbers. Now we don't have the personal accounts of one survivor or one one person who went through Mitzrayim, but we have enough Chazals that you can build a story. We have enough Chazals to tell us what it was like. To tell us what it was, what, what happened to the children, and what happened to the, how they used to work them, and tell us what the family life was like, and tell us everything about Mitzrayim. Enough that if you wanted to build it into a story, we have all the facts. And once again, if you build it into a story, it has much more of an impact than just saying dry, dry like kind of numbers or dry facts. It doesn't have the same effect. So that's the first point. The point of the mitzvah is simple. And yes, for little children, it's much easier to tell the story. Because like I said, little children naturally are more, have more of a more of a and more of an imagination and they'll relate more to the story. But the Chiddush is that because, and I've seen this before, a sipper which is personal hits a person in an emotional way much deeper. doesn't make sense if you know the facts. And why am I saying this? Because when we went to Poland with the Kodal the second time, three weeks ago, so it's the same tour guide. And I told him again, don't go for big numbers. Go for personal stories. And he told the same stories he told the time before. And had the same effect. You've heard it before. It doesn't make a difference. It has the same koyach of affecting a person. <coughs> affecting a person because it makes it, it has an impact. It's a real person. And you relate to that. I'm going to say again, those of you in Shabbos, uh, just for me, I found it a very powerful story. Those of you in I'll just repeat it. It's not a long story, it's just one, one snippet of a, of a certain person's life story. And as like we know, the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising in 1943 was an era of Pesach. And one of the survivors, who was one of the defenders of the ghetto, and it relates that that night, when the Germans began their counter-attack, shooting at the ghetto, so he and all the, the few defenders were all taking up defensive positions to try and defend themselves. That in the building where he was, there was a family who was making a Pesach Seder. It was not a Pesach. He said, and where he could, where, even though he was trying to maintain a defense position, but he could overhear them. He could hear in the other, other part of the building, he could overhear the Seder. And he said, he heard the child ask Manishan. And after he finished, he said, Tati, I have one more question I want to ask you. What's the other question? He says, Tati, will I still be alive to say Manishtana next year? And the father's answer was, he said, I don't know. I don't know if you'll be alive. I don't know if I'll be alive. But I do know that there will be Jewish children somewhere saying Manishtana next year. Now, again, a story like that brings it much more real to you, the idea of what, what the experience was. Uh, I'm just using this to talk about the Seder, but that's the Koyach Asipa. So that's the first line. The first, the first point, and again, as parents, that's our job. You want to make me try something which is real? We're not just going to talk about the facts. We're going to talk about the Koyach Asipa. We're going to use the Koyach to tell the story. To tell the story in a way where it becomes something a person connects to. A way which is real. A way which a person can relate to. And then, we may it. It's something which a person lives as well. That's but, 
much further than the Balagoda. Using, using the framework the Balagoda gave you to explain it. And therefore, I'm going to say... And, uh, no, as you go through the Psukim. As you go through the Psukim. The Torah does it, the Balagoda does it for you. You start from the beginning. It's a lot of Shinema. Yes, and then you add to the Shinema. He's showing you the Mahalach. How are they about us? What do they do to us? And depending on the age of the audience, make it something which is going to be that they can relate to. Right, we can talk about that. You're right. What, what, what's the person meant to discuss on the Yafim Rishko edition of Arabian? We can discuss that. Normally, I'd say for little children, go faster through it. Get to the story and, and work more there. That's much more the, the echo of the. You know, I mean, we can discuss what the points to. To, to bring out from the first part of the set as well, but at the echo part from Mitchila to Avi that's the that's the sepur. Well, the sepur is the mitzvah, not the, the sepur is the mitzvah, right? Now, that's not done yet. That's the that I'll call that the framework of what I what I wanted to discuss. But there are a few practical points. It might sound uh, maybe counterintuitive, but uh, if that's the principle what you're trying to get to, the three points I have to say. Number one. Number one is Vatlach on Vertum Pasagada leave for discussing in the Sudha or during the course of Yamtaf. An askamatria or some khashman in Lambdas, whatever it's going to be, only detracts from the point of what you're trying to get to. The idea isn't to say votes on Agada. The idea is to tell the sequel. And I'm trying to tell a story and I'm going to use Agada as my basis and I'm going to build around that. But you have to get sidetracked with a, you know some nice cheshman or interesting mahalach or whatever it's going to be. Again, if I can build it into the story, that's great. But if I can't, it's just something else. It becomes a distraction. I'm not meant to be learning after the Haggadah and the Rasayla. I'm meant to be being misapir the Haggadah. Some older children, that's the whole connection. And then when the second one I'm going to say, and I guess is maybe even more going out in the limb, but I still hold straight. I love myself. And that is... If that you the if you the one leading the seder, so then and I always I always have all the children and they all come with their notebooks and even has the unmafarish and the Haggadah that they're trying to look up at the same time. I say, you know, it's a long night. You can I'm happy to discuss, keep it going as long as you want, but I, I get the first row to talk. So I want I want to go through the market first. Afterwards I'm happy to listen to what everyone anything everyone wants to say. As long as you want I'm happy to listen. But if you're going to get stuck after each paragraph, that everyone has to tell me what you know what they have in their notebook, again, you're never going to get anywhere because it keeps destroying the fabric, the the mahalach of what you're trying to build. That's a, that's a young child, one, three, four, five. They're not sharing their bar They're actually sharing the story. That's fine. So that's that's, that's okay. okay. That's okay. That's okay. We can build the story with them. That's what they know about. We'll work with them. But if it's going to be vartlach and pshatim, and it could be very nice and nice discussion points. Let's discuss it later. We, right now, I'm into Recipor, and now I don't want to get involved in like whatever technical or theological or whatever discussion is going to be. That's just going to take us off topic. Isn't yeah. the Benchachim Shaila and, and your Chubatim, the whole Ma'ayim, and it's all halachim, it's all the... Isn't that also a key of Sipor? We have to explain why that was what the, the Benchachim Shaila was, why that was the answer. If he wants to know just the halachas, we don't approach it. And I'm saying these are the halachas. And I'm telling him Hilchus Pesach. You know, so you ask me what are the mitzvahs, I'm telling him the dinner of the mitzvahs. So then that's not a sipur, that's the dinner of, I'm telling him the halachas of Pesach. It's one, it's one of the 
you're right. You're right. But that's uh, I can I can we can discuss the halachas too. But that's not the the mitzvah like I said of the maschal begus and sign b'shavach. The mitzvah which has to incorporate pesach matzumar and and end up with the chayvon lyrics atzmakilu who atzmiyatz mitzrayim is not going to come from discussing halacha. There's a mockum to discuss the halachas. We were talking if you look in the Midrashim, you'll find all the Tanaim, they're all there. Whereas after they were saying, I don't know, it doesn't tell us. But if, you want, if, if in the Midrashim, each one has their shit of how they're explaining the matters. I mean, between Abilez and Abakiva, they got to 200 or 250 different matters which happened. So there was a lot to talk about. Okay, so that now. That, that, that's that's a, even this, that, that's just the framework. The MS is, the, the Haggadah is meant for something else. And that is, of course, we have to miss up with the story. But there's a point to it. And that's the next point. And that is, where do you want to come to? We're going to go through the story, and we're going to describe it, and hopefully we'll make it real, and hopefully people will begin to feel a little bit what it's like to be in Mitzrayim. Both the difficulty, the mar- the, mar- the mariris of Mitzrayim, and then the appreciation for the fact that Hashem took us out. But then, where do you want to lead that to? And this is this is another point. And I'll come back to get done here. Where where what's the message that we meant to come out of the Haggadah with? Now there are a number of different options, and they're all good. They're all good. But uh, the past night can be a way to mechazikimana. Sayonat can be a way to mechazikimana. Sayonat can be a way to mechazik a koyachatvila. See, we dive in there. Kadosh Baruch listens to us. And then again, remember, you're building this into the story. Hashem didn't listen right away. It wasn't that straight away they listened and they got answered. It took time. But the Twitter didn't get lost. And he's building the story. HaKadosh Baruch heard those Twitters. And then now that they went past, and Kadosh was suffering again, and Hashem, they again. And Hashem heard those Twitters too. And Hashem didn't forget about it. He said he was preparing it. He went to Moshe. Moshe was in Midian. He was telling him, I want you to go and save Kadosh This happened a long time before the Gola. But the Tfilas were heard. The Vayishma Shemes Kuleinu was more than a year before Yitzhak Mitzrayim. There was a process in place. We can build Tfilas. One can build Nitzchis of Klai The fact that you see Klai Yisrael in Goddess, Hashem never forgot about us. Then Hashem is not going to forget about us now either. You can build a Karas Atav. There's lots of lessons, there's lots of things a person can build the Haggadah into teaching. I'm just giving some examples, the others too. But the, the framework is that the more a person relates to it as something that they can connect to, the more that lesson is going to be felt. Because again, if, if one wants to learn from a, story, from a situation, then the more one person feels the reality of the situation, the more it becomes something which I can then connect to or learn from, or compare to the situation I'm in. I'm going back to Gedon. And he said, and said Gideon, and I asked the question, if Klai Yisrael came out of Mitzrayim then, why aren't we coming out of Goddess today? Now, that's a takeaway from the Haggadah. Hashem saved Klai Yisrael then, so why isn't Hashem saving us today? And whatever the Cheshman is, but if that's the clarity that you come out of the Haggadah with, so Hashem says to Gideon, Leich b'chaycha chazir v'yishat Yisrael, Yenei which means there's a point coming out of that God that's not for nothing that we finish that God with the Shana Bob Yishalayim or Eliyahu whatever it's going to be. If the takeaway from the, let us say there is Go'ula, 
or is the fact that just like a Kodesh Baruch says, then he's going to save us now, then it comes out that it becomes a very strong reality. A very strong reality. There's a Koyach of Gola. It happened to them, it can happen to us. And if we've built the story, and we see that they could be they didn't have much bigger schosim than we do. And whatever reason it was, whether it was the Koyach of or the Koyach of or whatever it's going to be, but the Ma'as Hashem saved them. And these are values, which I'm quoting the Ramban now, the famous Ramban, the end of Pasha's boy. I think that's the other place for a father's responsibility when it comes to teaching the Agada. And that is, you're not teaching just the story of Mitzrayim. You're teaching the Yisaitis of Yiddishkeit. He says, the reason why so many Mitzvahs in the Torah are based on Yisaitis Mitzrayim is because this is the Yisait which everything, which, 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 all, which Mitzvahs rabbis come to remind us of. Because this is the Yisait that nothing happens without Hashem wanting it to happen. And Hashem is in control. And Hashem listens to Tefillah. And that he decides what he, and, uh, and we can build it from the Ramban later on, that, there's a, that uh, Hashem chose Klai Yisrael and he's there to save Klai Yisrael. Whatever the Yisrael you're going to focus on in the, specifically, different years, I take different different Yisrael to work with, and build the story around that Yisrael. If I'm going to build the Yisrael of Tefillah, so then you're going to look and build it into the story. When you get to the Vanitzlaka, Hashem make it real. How do they dive into Hashem? They were being whipped. They were being worked. How did they daven? They got together and made a minion? Oh, you think the Egyptians would let them do that? The Nazis didn't let them daven. The Greeks didn't let them daven. How? In what way did they daven? Make it real. You have to daven while you're carrying your burdens. You have to daven under the covers of your blankets that night because you can't daven publicly. But Hashem listens to Tefillah like that too. And what's letting you daven? And what Vayishma Hashem is the different stages of Tefillah. Whatever it's going to be. If, if you're building into the story and that's the focus, so then that's what the focus is going to be. And if the focus is going to be Amona, so then again, from right from the beginning, Vayei Hashem knew from the beginning, Baruch And I'm going, then that's a chance to talk about it. This is all planned. And HaKadosh Baruch knows what's going on in the world. It doesn't happen for nothing. And it's planned when it's going to end and he's, he's already set everything in place for that to happen. And if it's going to be a or it's going to be whatever, whatever it's going to be that a person is trying to build. So the Chachmah is, that's part of the Sipur. That's part of the Sipur. That becomes the focus of when I'm building the story. That's the message I want to carry out of it. And that's important, because that's, a, that's an opportunity to mechanich children in the Yisraelis of Yiddishkeit. Even in Messiah, we spoke about, it could be the children of the story. But the father's ability to teach is coming from the Koyach of Messiah. This is something which has been going back for Darius. I'm telling you what my father told me, what his father told him. There's a certain authenticity. This is something which is uh, being passed down door after door. That's what we're trying to do also. That's what we're trying to achieve as well. That's, uh, and this needs a little bit of preparation, like I said. To, to, to fall into Leila Seder and already have a whole mahalach of what you want to achieve with Leila Seder doesn't happen. If a person wants to utilize the opportunity that Leila Seder presents, it needs a little bit of thought beforehand. What's the point are you trying to bring out? And what are the stories I'm going to say? We have to check out the Midrash a little bit. We have to check out the Chazals who talk about it a little bit. Because that's going to give me the information I need in order to tell the story. And then how? find these Chazals? All the Midrash. Yes. And uh, 
that that becomes a, a, a starting point where a person can work on what he wants to achieve with that guy. Three, with, end, end with three practical things. First, it's very simple because it's a, a person's brought by the mission Burr. And he says that people make the mistake of thinking that the child's participation in the Haggadah is the same as the And having done it, you can then go to sleep and now let's get down to business. And Mr. Burr says it's a big mistake. He asks questions, you have to answer him. Right? To, to tell him, okay, thank you very much, you know, you've been out you can go, you've, you've done your, your part in the performance. If he, if he already, the question was a question, then there's an answer. And the, the, the Seder has to be geared so that the children can answer, can hear the answer. Now, it's an interesting thing. This is a certain Haggadah Zalev, but it's an interesting thing. The Haggadah is built in a double. When we, when we say that, Matthew the Gnus Messiah Beshevach, we do it twice. We say, Avodim Ayinu, Yetzin Hashem Lekein Avisham, and then we go back. Mitchil Avodim Ayinu, and we go through the whole process. It's a Machlekes Rabin Shmuel, another in the Gemara, but the Haggadah incorporates both. I always thought the answer was simple. First, you're talking to the little children. They just ask the Manishtana, and I'm coming to answer you. And I'm telling you a language which little children can work with. We avoid the Manino, and that's why we're free today. Now, when you're going to suffer the story again in much more detail, so now we start again. Let's go back. And we're going to go to the whole thing again. Which means the Seder can be geared to a three or four-year-old, and the Seder can be geared to a much older child as well. And it's the, again, depending on who the children or who the people around the Seder table are going to be, so then it needs the Chachma of the Balagoda to think, how much, which level am I going to pitch this? I can tell you from experience, there's no reason why a four-year-old can't listen to a whole Seder. If you're focusing on him, it's the level that he can relate to, and he, can, he or she can, can appreciate, can absorb, on the contrary, they, 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 they first never normally get so much uh, attention from their parents. Right? And uh, you're making it something which is geared to them, which is on a level that they can understand and they can think about. And this is the important part. Let them ask the questions. It's not just ask the question of Manishtana, which you were taught in school. You tell them a story. They want to know more details. They want to get into the story. Like any little child, you read them a book. What is he thinking? Why did he do this? Why did he do that? And what happened next? Good. That's the questions we want. That's the questions we want. It's Shiloh or Chiva. That's what's going to make the story more real to them. That's what's going to make the story more real to them. And I once, one of my daughters, I remember when she was small, we went to the Haggadah, and she wanted to know, so, so how do they feel when they wake up in the morning? Fair question. Let's talk about what, what do you think would it feel like to wake up in the morning to know that you're not going to go today, you're going to go work as a slave? And what is it like when uh, you don't see your brother, sister, father, mother, because your brother got thrown into the river? Talk to a little child as a little child would understand. What do you think it must feel like? And yes, they'll ask the question, they'll think about it, and that's the point of Sipur. It becomes something which is more real. So yes, you want to involve little children, and you can. Obviously, if you have a lot of different age groups at the same side, everyone has to have a certain chachma, how to build it in such a way which everybody's going to be feel that they're gaining from. And another point. This is a lachic point that I think is important. And that is... Well, let me start backwards. One of my Talmudim, who went off to become a Kirov Rav in one big place in America, so he was making a sailor for a lot of Jews who unfortunately had never been to a sailor before. So he called up to ask a question. He said, the man is making the sailor. It's night time, everyone's coming. Most people are coming straight from work. Right, so they're going to come, that's even before Yom Tov, they're going to come at seven, 6, 7 o'clock, they're going to sit down at 8 o'clock. Everybody's hungry. 
I'm going to try to keep the night all for three hours while I go through the Maggid. No, no one's going to, not going to have a happy audience. He says, am I allowed to put out cake and coffee after Kiddush? Everyone can eat something and after we'll start, we'll start the story. So it sounds a bit radical. But uh, when I actually looked it up, there isn't such an issue. There isn't, it might even be getting something. It might be more of a Kiddush and Now, I'm not, I'm not suggesting we do it. We have a, a Seder and we keep to the Seder. But I'm saying, I'm just saying this as, a, as an example. What I wanted to say is, if that's the case, for children, let them eat. Let them eat. If they're going to get hungry, and as a result of that, they're lost concentration because they're just, we're going to eat already. So then you're losing more than you're gaining by trying to, okay, just, just five more pages. It's, but if a child's hungry, he's allowed to eat. You have kiddish. Maybe you should wait for matzahs. You can be yoked with the mitzvah's matzahs. So you can eat something else. You can prepare Pesach cookies or Pesach cake or... Candies is always the best idea, but whatever it's going to, yeah, or real food. More carapace. It doesn't go down too well. But uh, whatever it's going to be. Well, you said the banana. You used to have bananas enough, man. Bananas is great. For carapace. Uh, for carapace and salt water. They said it was a thing. I don't know. She's here, it's not great. Let the children eat, because that way they'll, you'll keep their attention. It's not worth running through. Now is a chance for all the children to talk or discuss things, whatever it's going to be. And then again, if the older children are prepared to listen to a story, they can ask, they can ask, and ask you good questions, which makes you think much more what it must have been like to be in Mitzray. What if you don't know the answers? The, 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 again, the halakha is that a person is allowed to drink during paying consideration of the shiny. If, if the halach is, the person should have it in mind that he has co-solution, to be moitzed out of the drinks. Otherwise, you have a suffix if you have to make another shayako. So for sure, for children who's under bar mitzvah, you can tell them, if you want to drink between now and the next cup, have kavana to be at with, uh, to, with the agafen of uh, kiddush to be moitzed out of the drinks. I don't wait too long so you don't lose the bracha of and that's fine. You can drink. For a kid to eat, for sure, if they, if they not yet... 11, 12, or whatever it is, that they really can, like, you know, be more right to eat like an, a weight like an adult. If they can make a shakal, they can eat. What's also advisable is before Yom Tov, give everyone something proper to eat. I know it's hectic, I know it's Erev Pesach, but if no one's going to eat anything proper until 11 o'clock at night, so before Yom Tov at uh, 6, 6.30, if you give everybody a piece of chicken or a piece of fish, whatever it is, something adults which too. adults do, there's no problem with that. That minute I give is fine. And uh, that way, it's, no one's going, it's not going to ruin anybody's appetite for the soda, which is going to be much, much later. And people are more in the mood than to, to participate in the maggot, which is what we want. Which is what we want. Um, to bring, no, nah, to, to sum up. What was the three points to Mr. Brewer? We get to finish the the question we started before. So why is halal a part of the maggot? And if the answer is, I think it's answered itself. If a person's gone through maggot properly, it's the only, it's, it has to be the next step. If you've gone through an experience where it's been like to be in goddess, and now you've gone through the fact that a person's come through the Gaula, the figure The next step is that we are to be The If you've done the maggot properly, it's not a question anymore. It's not shaykh not to be mahala. That's, the, that's what's misplaced as the conclusion of the maggot. And yes, it means that we're going to break the halal now 
with the part which is Nagaya to Yisiyas Mitzrayim. But that's part, of, that's part of where we have to come to. That's what we wanted to get to. That is the point of the Sipur. Is there golden opportunity, we have a letter said. There's sometimes, there's some mitzvahs that Kaisal, I'm finishing with this, there's some certain mitzvahs Kaisal has, which, <laughs> however far people are from Yiddish Kaisal, that, that, that connection still remains. Can you read those, those, those areas where there was a part of the bris which is going to maintain Klai Yisrael? Those mitzvahs which are crucial for maintaining that bris are part of the, what Klai Yisrael maintains, even if in other areas they've fallen away. We have a spy on Kippur. That's uh, Hashem's covenant that He'll always forgive us, which means we're never going to get to the stage of our various if we get destroyed. We have a spy bris miller. And we have a spy seder. Mitzvahs which ensure the continuity of Klai Yisrael is part of the bris that will, which calls people closer, even if in other areas they aren't so close. And that's the mind of Nebuchadnezzar Seder. It's a koyach which ensures the continuity of Klai Yisrael. Because that's the opportunity we have to reinforce all these letters of Emunah, whether it's Emunah Nashem, Emunah in Tefillah, Emunah in Tzharvoinesh, Emunah in the Nitzchus of Klai Yisrael, Emunah in Gola. Wherever one I'm going to work on, that's all the, the time of the, the time of year we have to focus on these things and to make them more of a reality for ourselves and for our children is another thing.